Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome to another cup of Earl Grey. I'm one of your hosts for today, Lee Hutchinson, and I'm joined as always by Richard. Hey, what's going on? And Amy. Hello. Well, we're back again and we're delivering on a promise that we made to the beautiful, the incredible Ian Kimmins a few weeks ago that we were going to take his idea of recasting The Next Generation and turning it into a super episode. And I'm very excited about this. I've been thinking about it all over the Christmas and New Year break in between eating turkey and having uh, lots of sherry about who I would cast in all these different roles. So today we're going to deliver on our promise to Ian. So a big shout out to Ian Kimmins for this episode idea and check him out on Twitter. Irish Trek fan. He's one of the the good guys on there. He's always always tweeting me with some chat about football and movies, and I always get a smile on my face when he pops up. So yeah, if you're listening to this episode, seek out Ian and get involved with him. He's a he's a good guy. So how are you guys feeling about this reboot idea? Are you excited? Yes, yeah, so very much. I am very excited for the people I've chosen, and I think it's going to be very interesting. There's some twists and turns that will be fun to. To play out. Excellent. What about yourself, Richard? Do you feel this is sacrilegious to be getting rid of the original Next Generation crew and replacing them with hip, young, new actors? <laughs> well, mine's not really hip, new actors, but I replaced it with the 1980s. <laughs> Excellent. Because I, I thought that's what we were doing, but that's okay. That sounds good. Richard's playing coy. He knew fine well what we we're doing. He said, <laughs> he, he told us a week ago, and I suppose this is where we'll kind of dive into the first question I'm going to ask those people here is that it, Ian asked us if we rebooted the next generation, who would we pick? And would it be the Kelvin timeline, the prime timeline? So that's going to be the first question I'm going to pose to you. Is this, have you got a specific kind of style you've gone for with your cast here? Or have you gone, decided, is it going to be a reboot or is it going to be in the prime timeline? So Amy, what's your approach to this? Is it going to be the timeline or is it going to be the Kelvin timeline for you? Well, as I said in the episode, I want this to be in the Kelvin timeline. I think there's enough change that would precipitate to getting a whole brand new cast and ideas. And so I think the Kelvin timeline is where it really should be. So that was my thought process. What about yourself, Richard? You were saying you've gone for a 1980s cast there. Say it ain't so. Uh, I was thinking more of a Prime Universe cast. Well, I've gone for a reboot cast in the Kelvin timeline. I'm an up-to-date crew. So the people that we're going to cover in this episode is Picard, Riker, Data, LaForge, Worf, Wesley, Crusher, and of course, Troy. And for the Patreon subscribers, we're going to cover Pulaski and Yar in a special episode that you can access on the Patreon Zone. That I'm going to make sure that comes out at the same time as this episode so you get the full dose. So something a little extra for our Patreon guests, but I'm sure we can maybe make uh, this bonus episode available to all at some point. So we're going to work our way up to the big cheese himself, Picard. So I want to hear... Amy, who have you recast as Wesley Crusher? 
Well, Wesley Crusher still is going to be the son of Beverly Crusher, of course, and so needs to be a younger character. And one show that I just absolutely love watching is The Middle, and the son that plays The Middle, Axel, and his name is Charlie McDermott. He's got the floppy curly hair, and I just think it would be so adorable to have him be Wesley Crusher. And I think Charlie McDermott does a great job, and he would be good to play Wesley Crusher. I'm not too familiar with him, so that's someone I'm going to have to seek out. What about yourself, Richard? Who have you gone for with Wesley Crusher? Wesley was not my favorite character on TNG. I usually skip those episodes, but I chose uh, Dustin Diamond or known as Screech because <laughs> I can't stand Screech either. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, that's who I chose. Someone young, but yeah. Screech. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That is so hilarious. I'm so excited for Rich's 1980s recast of The Next Generation. It's going to be a real throwback to the 80s, I think. So I'm looking forward to your list, most of all, Richard. I'm going to admit that bias. So I'm going to uh, have my Google up so I can make sure to know everyone. Exactly. And what we'll do, we'll try and see if we can get like a little montage for all you guys that you're listening kind of to this episode where we can try and get all our cast together and you can look at them in kind of picture form. So I've gone for someone that's only really starred in one movie but it's a breakout teen movie kind of similar to Will Wheaton with Stand By Me I've gone for Sing Street's Ferdia Walsh Pilo uh, he's a brilliant young Irish actor who kind of come out of nowhere to star in Sing Street this year and he's a brilliant young actor he, he played a you know a really smart musician in this movie that had a lot of heart a lot of soul and I can imagine he portrayed young romance really well which the next generation didn't perhaps do very well with Leslie Crusher and and he can play a bit of the guitar. So, yeah, I can imagine him perhaps, you know, not being maybe a child prodigy, a bit with maybe music over technology. So that's maybe something kind of my little variation on Wesley. So that's my choice for Wesley, for Dia Walsh Pilo. Looks good. Looks good. So... And what we'll do, we'll do a wee rundown at the end of the episode again with everyone that we've cast. So you can kind of look up all of these and take notes as you as you go. So let's go into LaForge next. Richards, who have you gone for as the chief engineer of the USS Enterprise? Uh, Richard Dean Anderson. Do you know who that is? And why have you picked Richard Dean Anderson? <laughs> MacGyver it's MacGyver, dude. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's the reason why I chose it because he was, you know, he, he, to be the chief engineer, you got to be and the jack of all trades and well, master of none. But got MacGyver is master of everything, <laughs> so it's got to be MacGyver, man. I mean, he's got to have that kind of character, and it's just yeah, it it's got to be MacGyver. Has to be. <laughs> Are Patty and Selma going to love Richard Dean Anderson as Jordy LaForge as much as they love MacGyver? Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Excellent. And is he still going to be blind? Huh. You know, I uh, I was thinking about that, and I um, – it, well, it, I don't really consider him blind because he can see better than all of us. I mean, because he can see it in different light waves and all that kind of stuff. But why not? Sure. <laughs> okay. So, Amy – Richard Dean Anderson, how do you follow up Richard Dean Anderson? Who have you gone for as LaForge? All right. Well, to science the heck out of it, I'm choosing Matt Damon from The Martian. Mm. An awesome choice. Why have you chosen Matt Damon then? 
Well, he's fabulous. And because he did such a good job with the Martian and really showcases his science and technology. So and his resourcefulness. And so I definitely chose him for my Geordie LaForge. You can't argue with that reason, and that I'm very, very on board with that one. Um, for me as LaForge, I've decided to gender swap LaForge to Naomi Harris, um, probably more well known these days for her appearance as Money Penny in Skyfall and Spectre recently. Um, wanted to keep it as a, a black actor, and I decided to pick Naomi Harris. I think she's a great theatre actor, and I think it's a great portrayal that females, that a, a disabled black female can be an engineer as well so i think that's something that's a positive role model for people as well as much as kind of lavar burton was for kind of young black individuals in the uh, the 80s i think that um naomi harris is a, a good choice to gender swap and not the first time i'm going to do that someone in um the next generation so, Lee, we didn't answer for us. Is Jordy LaForge in the Kelvin timeline? Does he have the visor? Yeah, he's got the visor. Maybe it'll be a slightly funkier, cooler bit of tech. But yeah, Jordy LaForge is going to have a visor. What about yep, yourself? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, the visor is, is one of those constants with Jordy that I've just got to keep. Maybe kind of season like the fourth next generation reboot movie they'll give him some funky eyes but for just now i want to i want to see a modern day visor like uh something like cyclops yeah. or something like that yeah something like that but something <laughs> or you don't want no, no no like night rider <laughs> night rider yeah I, I suppose that would fit with your 80s theme wasn't it wouldn't yeah, it there you go there's, there's my visor <laughs> would the visor be self-aware and talking like kit the car oh my god could you imagine <laughs> like a voice in his head yeah, it could be, that could be a romantic comedy in itself. What happens when one character falls in love with their AI tech that makes them see? <laughs> I think that, that that's an episode for like season two during the writer's strike. <laughs> yes. So the next character out of the pick and mix will be Dr. Beverly Crusher. We know who our son's going to be in this recasted movie. Who's going to be Dr. Crusher? Richard. And Potts. Ann Potts, interesting. Why Ann Potts? I absolutely adore Ann Potts. She's, I think she's a great actress. She was great on Ghostbusters, and she was Little Bo Peep as well on uh, Toy Story as well. I think she, I, I think she would do really well in a Doctor role or as a main cast role for uh, for Crusher because it's just. She, Really, you don't see her in main stuff back then, or at least back then you didn't. And I think she's a very powerful actress, or at least that's my opinion. Uh, you can't argue with that choice. I'm loving your choices, Richard. They're, they're on fire today. So, Amy, how do you follow up a star of Ghostbusters? Who are you casting as Beverly Crusher? Well, I have a very... I stayed with the female uh, but I have a very powerful woman to play Beverly Crusher and that is Carrie Washington from Scandal. Excellent choice. Why have you picked Carrie Washington? Yeah, because she's going to be able to go up against my Picard just well and just fine and she has the sense to you report to sick bay right now because I can override you type of attitude. And so I think Carrie Washington would do a smash up job. Ooh, I th once again, another excellent choice. There, I've not had no issues with anyone's choices yet. Yeah, Where's the conflict and drama in this? This is just like the next generation. Everyone's just like, I agree with that. That's brilliant. This is just, this is going wrong. <laughs> 
so for Dr. Crusher, I've gone with, yep, I've kept her as a female, but I've also had to keep her as a redhead because I loved this redheaded star of the sky as a kid. And I've gone for Alison Hannigan. Uh, who played Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and she was in uh, How I Met Your Mother which is a show I, I've never watched because uh, oh my god that's a great show the- dude I, uh, oh, that's a great I show I said, see her. that was a great choice Lee wonderful as opposed to that's a great show well, <laughs> thanks for the support Richard <laughs> it is a great choice no I'm not gonna you know because I I watch How I Met Your Mother all the freaking time and I absolutely love her character as Lily it, it's just it's fantastic and it's a great it, it's a great choice thank you Lee <laughs> There you go. Not a problem. I think we've got some interesting choices there. So let's dive into, let's go up to Riker. Let's let's get a bit of kind of command in here. Richard, who have you gone for as the EXO of the Enterprise? I love this character with all my heart, especially when he was on NYPD Blues and Magnum P.I. Yes, I love it already. (laughs) It's Jimmy Switz. I oh, I thought it was going to be Tom him. Selleck. Oh, no, yeah. no, not Tom Selleck because I think he's too big. I want because I didn't want to overshadow Picard because I was going to choose him, but I was like, no, that's just that's too high. Definitely Jimmy Smith because I love his character. It's so awesome. He's so awesome. I can't believe I shot my load, Arlen. Here was me thinking it was uh, Tom Selleck that you were going to go for that instead of a beard, it was going to be this really powerful mustache on the bridge. I can't believe I I thought that was going to be what it was. I think, Amy, did you think that's what it was going to be as well? I did too, yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble there. Have you let us down or given us a pleasant surprise with this choice? Uh, it sounds like I, I let you down, but I still li- I still love my choice. Jimmy is great. Jimmy is great, and he was great in the 80s and still is. I mean, great, great choice. Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, and you've crossed the streams, Richard. Star Wars and Star Trek together again. Yeah, you know? I know, I know. I, and I thought about that too. I was like, oh, damn. So, Amy, we know how much you love Troy. Oh, we, we really know how much you love Troy. So this must have been a hard decision that who would be good enough to be the love of Troy's life or Zaddy or future husband? Who have you gone for as the new Will Riker? Well, I chose Daniel Radcliffe. Huh. <laughs> what? Okay, so not so much love there, I can tell. Uh- I'm more surprised yeah. than anything else. <laughs> Why is the boy wizard Harry Potter himself the best Will Riker for you? Well, I like his youthfulness, but I think outside of Harry Potter, he's grown up and really has shown some character development, like personally. And I think he's he can play a strong, uh, but I needed him also to be... Uh, someone who's going to follow commands and take commands. And so that's why I chose him. I think he plays that good fine line between giving orders, but yet also receiving orders. So here's a question. You were saying that he's quite a young guy. Do you think he would command the respect of the wharfs and the uh, Datas, the Picards in this new Kelvin timeline, having that young face? Yeah, because Riker has a young face. You know, we yeah. can throw a beard on Radcliffe season two anytime. But, you know, we'd look at season one Riker. He was pretty young. Yeah, I think you've convinced me there. I, I totally agree. Daniel Radcliffe, I like. I have no interest in the Harry Potter movies. Did Did you see him in the uh, Now You See Me Now? Or? No, those movies didn't oh. interest me. But he was amazing this year, in particular, in the amazing... Uh, 
uh, Swiss Army Man, yeah. where he plays a corpse that has magical powers in his groin. And uh, yeah, it's one of the most original movies you'll see in a while. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. But I, I think he's he's doing well as an actor and I think uh, it'd be good to have him. Well, I've got to beat Jimmy Smith and Daniel Radcliffe and I've gone for TV actor Michael C. Hall. He was the star of Dexter and in Six Feet Under and I think he's got all the presence to be a captain, but he's this commander. So that that buys into it for me. I always think if you're a commander, that means you're good enough to be in a captain as well. So I've gone for Michael C. Hall. I think he has a, a real sternness that he played a serial killer in Dexter for what, seven, eight years? So he's got that side as well in him that he can give orders. He can command respect. He can intimidate people that perhaps are needing that bit of direction as well. But he's also got a very sensitive side as we saw in uh, Six Feet Under. And I think that's a really interesting combination of character traits that he's shown I think he's a brilliant actor and I think and he can grow a really good beard as well as we saw horrifically at the end of the yes. end of Dexter so um, I think Michael C. Hall is a, an excellent choice for Riker if I do say so myself that is a great choice very well done I like that Richard we know you're a man of the military so you must know honour when you see it who is going to be your Commander Worf I chose Mr. T from the A team. Yeah. <laughs> Why have you? I love seriously. That <laughs> you got to have a strong character. The way I see Worf, he's the guy that kicks some serious butt, and I needed someone strong. So the only person I could think of was Mr. T. And now minus the Mr. T collection and all that, but oh my god! But have that mohawk or something like that. Amy, your response to that? <laughs> Oh, dear. I guess my only response was I sort of felt like Mr. T was the comic relief. And I don't think that Worf is that. I think, you know, that like montage video of Worf where he's um, getting told no all the time by the crew. I could almost picture that as that kind of comic relief like Mr. T, like... We're going to go shoot down those Romulan vessels. No, Mr. Worf, we're not going to do that right now. You can, I can picture Mr. T perfectly just behind there instead of his like his uh, metal sash that he's just got this like kind of wrestling belt almost just like draped over him. I can, I can picture Mr. T it might, it might, very well the, the sleeves. Because you gotta have, you gotta show his guns and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, like, in, like right. kind of a scant style kind of shoulders. Yeah, you're 100 percent right there. The only person Mr. on the Enterprise T. with tattoos. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you know, it's a reboot in a way. Yeah, I'm going to go along with that. So, Amy, how do you follow up Mr. T? No pressure. Oh, I have the perfect, and in my opinion, there's just no other wharf except for Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Interesting choice. A Star Trek alumni as well. What made you pick Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson? Exactly, because he is a Star Trek fan. So we have that going for us. And man, he's got guns. Serious, and he oh, he's just as good looking, and he obviously commands and is forceful and knows how to, yeah. Dwayne Johnson, all the way, all the way. I I think he's the best choice. Richard, your response to that, Mr. T is being challenged by The Rock here. Is The Rock going to deliver a people's elbow to your choice here? Uh, if we were to talk about like uh, at their primes, I think it's a standoff because, uh, well, Dwayne Johnson is taller than uh, Mr. T. I do know that because I know, I think, I want to say um, 
Mr. T is uh, probably like six one somewhere around there, and I know um, Dwayne Johnson's a lot higher than that. But oh my god, dude, <laughs> that's that's incredible. I would love I would love Dwayne Johnson without hair. You know, I'm like yeah. Well, and I think uh, Dwayne Johnson has shown he's done some kid movies and, you know, we know Worf is a father. And so he has to show also that sensitive side, you know, and with the Troy Worf maybe possibility, he has to show that. And uh, so I think Dwayne Johnson has that range. There's something quite funny just listening to you guys say with a straight face talking about how The Rock could fit into the Star Trek universe. It's it's ever so fun just to sit back and listen to this debate about just... You know, so with such insanity. No, I think The Rock would be better than Mr. T. Well, Mr. T brings this to the table. And I suppose whoever doesn't get the callback can get cast out later on as Worf's brother. So, you know, there's, there's hope for them yet. Yes. And what about you, Lee? Well, I've gone for a proper individual. I've gone for Marcella Ali from House of Cards. He plays Remy and he's in The Hunger Games and he plays Wan in Moonlight. He's a brilliant actor. He's got real build and stature and in House of Cards in particular he doesn't need to say much to command respect that he delivers with a real kind of soft tone but there's such authority behind it and that's a kind of power you just can't buy and I think he, he's one of my favourite characters in House of Cards while the plot lines may not be too exciting and I think that his casting in Moonlight that's a brilliant movie getting all the awards just now and he's been nominated for a Golden Globe and the SAG Award Critics Choice Award for his role in Moonlight so it's always good to get kind of a a big up and coming kind of actor like that giving him a kind of big main role so I think he would command a lot of respect on the Enterprise and potentially a future Deep Space Nine reboot so he is my uh, my choice and he is incredible in The Place Beyond the Pines a very underrated Ryan Gosling movie so that's my choice I can tell by the silence that no one has seen any House of Cards. No, 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 no. I've actually seen him. He's the he's the main villain in Luke Cage, and that's how I know him. He's a great character. I I, I don't know the way I saw him in Luke Cage. I saw him as more diabolical in uh, someone that has a plan uh, in front of another plan, sort of or behind another plan and whatnot. That's what's who I'm thinking of uh, who he is. But I mean, yeah, I could see him as a secure head of security. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, have you you seen familiar with his work? Uh, no, and then you uh, spoke so quickly, I couldn't figure out. I couldn't Google him. So Just look up House of Cards. I did. Remy Denton. Oh, Remy! Oh, yes, he's great. Okay, on board. Yeah, he's good. There we go. It seems like we've got a unanimous vote here for this over Mr. T no, and the Rock. No, no, I'm no, no, still not over sad Mr. Yeah. Not my over Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I I am the moderator and editor of this episode, so the listeners will find out who I've decided will be the winner of this choice. I think you get a little power hungry when you uh, moderate. So we know who our Riker is. We know who our LaForge is. We know who our Worf Wesley Crusher is. Who do you think we should go for next? I think we should build up to Troy as the penultimate one because we know we've got a big Troy fan fan here. Who do we cast as Data? Richard. I struggle with Data more than anyone. The way I was thinking is it has to be a comedian of some sort to be serious and ha- and be funny when the moment is right. I was going off of the dad of Sister Sister. Rain Campbell is the only person I could think of that could possibly uh, do a character like that other than Brent Spiner. I can't remember the, I can, I can remember the theme song like Sister Sister 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, you never know how much I'll miss you. I have a cousin that had a daughter called Tia, like, 15 years ago. And I remember thinking, oh, just like from sister, sister. And I think that was the response to everything. So, yeah, I I, I know the person you're talking about. So an excellent choice there for data. So, Amy, who's your choice for data? Okay. You guys, you're sitting down. I can see. So I did a gender swap on this one. Okay. And I really feel strongly that Natalie Portman would be an excellent data. I like her small form and I like her face for data. And I think she is an excellent actress and she would do an excellent job. Yeah, I cannot argue whatsoever with Natalie Portman. Um, I love Natalie Portman and she can, I've seen her obviously the Star Wars prequels, she can act emotionless and, uh, you know, totally disinterested. So yeah, I think that's an excellent choice. Her sci-fi credentials can show that she can do that. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. I'm going to blow you both out of the water here. I've got the best answer. This is the best reboot choice of all. And I'm bringing someone back from the dead for this. Who can possibly play Data? The star man of the sky, David Bowie. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell us that. why? Yeah, I don't know about because that. Because it makes perfect sense. Have you guys ever seen The Man Who Fell to Earth? Yeah, I've seen a lot of his movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Bowie is the ultimate outsider alien that can inhibit all these different personalities and you're never truly sure of what that person is. Data's like a sponge so many times. He assimilates so many different interests and passions from other people and David Bowie was like, he was Aladdin slain, he was the thin white duke, he was Ziggy Stardust, he was David Bowie, he was the man who fell to earth, he was Tesla and the prestige. This is a guy that can act, he can play all these different roles and there's something always truly kind of otherworldly about him he's got just incredible eyes and just David Bowie as data would be something so amazing to see and gets me excited can you just imagine that his character from the man who fell to earth but turned into a robot and put on the enterprise and just like you know going to planet what's going on in space David and it's just oh I'm so excited as a David Bowie fanboy I want to see him in anything and everything, and him as Data would just be perfect. So, Richard, your thoughts on David Bowie as Data? You've seen a lot of his films. What do you think? I I, I thought of him as a weird actor, not really someone that that's a can turn, go into all kinds of things. It's just in my mind, I am in Labyrinth. I think that's what, it, what the yes, movie was. Absolutely, and that's how I always uh, picture him in whenever it comes to acting. Now, now, granted, I have seen I have seen the movies that you're mentioning, but like it, it's the one I always think of uh, when I think of Dave Boy in, in acting. So I could see it. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I can see it. Yeah, Amy. Well, Lee, I. <laughs> This is yours and I can feel your passion and your love for David Bowie and I will let you have it. I think he'd be an excellent alien, but yeah, I I can feel your passion and love for it. So I I love it for you. So uh, the thin white duke is the perfect day in my view. And um, yeah. I'm happy with that. David Bowie is back in space where he belongs. He is the star man. So we've got Picard and Troy left in this episode. Amy, no, I'm going to leave you to last, Amy. Richard, who's your Troy? I love this woman all just as much as I love uh, Natalie Portman. Victoria Principal from Dallas. Perfect! 
she is so elegant. She is such a lady. I absolutely love her. And that's how I see Troy. And it's just, she's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I love her. <laughs> I could not ask for a more appropriate Troy in the 80s. Oh my gosh, that is so perfect. Yeah, but if she did, if she wasn't a star on, on Dallas, I would I would love to, her see, I love to see her on, on TNG. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that is so perfect, Richard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As the token Brit here, I have not a clue who the hell you guys are talking about, but I'll go along with it. If Amy's happy as the Troy fan, then I will get behind that. I am. I want to see this. I need to see this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so good. Thank you. <laughs> good job, Richard. All right. So, Lee, who is your Troy? I've gone for the indie darling, the star of one of my favorite movies of the past few years, Greta Gerwig. You might know her from Frances Ha. You may know her from, she's actually in Jackie. I haven't seen Jackie yet, but it's out next week in the UK, but I know she's in that. She was in Mistress America. She's Noah Baltback's kind of muse. She is one of my favorite indie darlings at the moment. Frances Ha is one of the most films I've watched the most probably in the past few years it's she's a kind of young probably late 20s by this stage early 30s she really has this kind of worldly presence slightly aloof and I want to see Troy being a bit kind of like I can see a bit of Marina Sirtis in Greta Gerwig but she can act which really helps as well so I've gone for Greta Gerwig she's blonde but that's not a problem I think she would be a brilliant presence on the side of the bridge and if anyone's seen Frances Ha they could imagine and this quirky individual that's got this so many views about the world and is very much in touch with her feelings being by Picard's side. So Greta Gerwig for me. All right, very good. I'm uh, Googling her and looks like a fine choice. So Amy... Who is your Deanna Troy? I imagine you've spent days, weeks debating this. Whether anyone can lace Marina Sirtis' boots, who have you gone for? All right. Well, I had quite a few names, actually, for Troy. And so I did narrow it down to Robin Wright. She plays on House of Cards. Ooh, I was so close to casting her as someone else. So a very awesome choice. Yeah, I think so many times Troy needs to sort of stand up and voice her opinion, whether that is I, she has feelings of great joy and gratitude, but whatever she has to say it. And Robin Roy, Wright has that poise to do so. And she is a fabulous actress. I think she does so, so good. And she can stand up to as we see on Kevin's with Kevin Spacey on House of Cards. So she definitely can hang with the best of them. So I chose her. Do you think one day when the pack lids are on the view screen that she's going to say when Picard asks her, what should I do here? She goes, I would let them wither and die. What do you think of that choice, Richard? Amy's clearly given this a lot of thought. This is the person that's our favorite character. Do you approve? I, I do approve. Uh, I, I loved her on Forrest Gump as well. Uh, so I, I've actually never seen House of Cards, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with that choice. I love her. <laughs> awesome. I think you've been given the big thumbs up here that you've delivered the goods here. So we move to the, the head honcho now then. Who could possibly replace one of the greatest theater actors in the world, Patrick Stewart as John Luke Picard, Richard? All right. So not with a perm, uh, like a nice clean cut haircut is what I'm looking at. And it's Patrick Duffy from Dallas as well. I love his look not the perm but the nice haircut and everything 
Creighton. It's I would love that all so much. <laughs> oh, he is so handsome. Oh yeah. I've not seen Dallas. Well, he's in other he's in other series as well, but he did the Dallas reboot. Did you see it on TNT? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. And he was so good then too. I mean, so this this actor can act, and yeah, I think this is a great choice. Funny enough, his la- his first name is Patrick. So Amy, that's it. We've got another member of Dallas joining the USS Enterprise. He's swapping the Texas Marriott for the Enterprise Marriott. Who's going to possibly challenge that from you? Picard and Riker were my most difficult, and I went back and forth between them. And uh, I had one, and then I was talking with my brothers and then they're like no you can't do that so then I changed it so I did finally end up with Liam Neeson excellent why Liam Neeson I think he well we have the accent he's I oh now I'm gonna pull you up here Amy they do not have the same accent no I didn't say it was the same Ah, okay okay I said he has an accent Okay, okay, I'll let that go. Okay. Um, (laughs) And Liam Neeson just he commands the presence, the the commands the room. And when he walks in, you know it. And I feel that Picard needs to have that. And, you know, you see Liam Neeson in a lot of action and he can do the stunts and everything. So I'm definitely going with Liam Neeson. Interesting choice. Once again, we've crossed the streams streams with Star Wars and Star Trek. What do you make of that choice, Richard? I love Liam Neeson. He's such a brilliant actor. He's one of those mysterious commanding actors that I absolutely feel his presence. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this on a Star Trek podcast. You can feel the force with him. Yeah, an excellent choice. Yeah, as you're saying, he commands that presence. And I suppose having a a bit of Irish blood on the Enterprise is someone that Chief O'Brien can hang out with. So hard to disagree with that choice. That's the the creme de la creme right there. Yeah. So Lee, who is your Picard? I've gone for Gene Luke Picard. I've gone for French and British actress, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Like Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart's obviously he's British, but he plays a French captain. So I've decided we've got to get some real French blood in there. And Charlotte Gainsbourg is the darling of French cinema. Bizarrely, she popped up in Independence Day 2 this year, so God knows why. But Charlotte Gainsbourg, she's an actress I love, and I, I've loved many of her movies. I think her, her roles in the Lars von Trier movies, Melancholia, Antichrist, Nymphomaniac, have shown such incredible skill and passion. Science of Sleep shows just a brilliant sensitive side and I think she's just one of the kind of the best actresses in the world I will literally watch anything Charlotte Gainsbourg appears in including Independence Day 2 and I think the idea of a French female captain is a is a good thing as well so yeah like we've taken away a French role and given it to a Brit so we're going to give a bit back to the French here and give Charlotte Gainsbourg a bit of a look in at the command chair I think in you look at a movie like Melancholia where she she truly does have command she's a person and especially in the first half of the movie she's in charge of this wedding she's essentially a wedding planner and you see that steely determination to make it the best to be in charge to be in control and i think charlotte gainsbourg is an excellent choice to command a starship any time of the day and very fitting for her to replace Patrick Stewart. All right. I am unfamiliar with her work, but I will definitely uh, follow your lead with that. What about yourself, Richard? Are you familiar with Charlotte Gainsbourg? 
Um, no, I'm not. I mean, I know who she is. I just, I'm not entirely familiar with her work. Looking through her filmography, a lot of these movies I've never seen. So I'll, I'll have to defer to your recommendation because I barely know her. Just like Patrick Stewart, an unknown actress coming to America, breaking out. Obviously, if you were darlings of indie cinema like myself, throwing my, throwing my scarf over my uh, shoulder as we speak right now, you'd be familiar with her. But she's not one of these people that really has much of a kind of presence in America. American uh, movies or anything like that. I think Independence Day 2 is the only American project she's really appeared in so we are going to move to the Patreon zone soon to finish up with Pulaski and Yar so let's give everyone a quick rundown again of everyone that we've picked as the cast so Amy do you want to give us a wee rundown of who you've picked? Yes so I think you will agree that Picard should be Liam Neeson Riker, Daniel Radcliffe Data, Natalie Portman LaForge, Matt Damon, Worf, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher, Carrie Washington, uh, Troy is Robin Wright, and Wesley Crusher, Charlie McDermott. What about yourself, Richard? What's your 1980s cast for everyone again? Well, everyone should choose. <laughs> Picard as Patrick Duffy, Jimmy Smith as Riker, Victoria Principal as Troy, Ann Potts as Crusher, Dustin Diamond as Wesley, Richard Dean Anderson as LaForge, Rick Campbell as Data, Mr. T as Worf. Excellent. And I've gone for Jean Luke Picard, Charlotte Gainsbourg as Riker, Michael C. Hall as Data, David Bowie as LaForge, Naomi Harris as Worf, Mashira Ali as Wesley, Ferdia Walsh Pilo as Crusher, Alison Hannigan, and Troy Greta Gerwig. So everyone, I hope like I'm looking forward to hearing your views on our lists and your lists. I think we've we've got to give the plaudits to Richard for his ingenious 80s recast. Eh? He's, he's, he's gone all out there. So yeah, join us in the Patreon Zone and you, you can join us in the Patreon Zone to find out who we pick for Pulaski and Yar. And Richard might give us his Game of Thrones recast for Star Trek as well. So patrons, find us there and let's dive in over there. So recasting the next generation isn't all we've been talking about in Trek FM. Here's what else has been happening on all our other shows. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And one of the things that I caught, you know, was a line that he said in his, you know, if, if I was to um, jump every time I saw a blink, uh, blinking light around here, I'd wind up talking to myself, right? And I was thinking of Star Trek V, and I was like, okay, so that wasn't an original line. I had just kind of forgotten that. To the journey! What would you have done? Well, I'd have, like, programmed my tricorder, open the door, lob it in, shut the door quick. <laughs> Try that first of all. So hope you would does, lob a tricorder probe. Hope it into the doesn't holiday. break as yeah. it lands. Well, you could wrap it in like some gaffer tape or something. Some bubble wrap. Melodic tricks. I really like the ants scene. Okay. The red ants. Yeah. I thought that was really cool and it really fit. And I really hated the gopher at the beginning. Yes. Because I'm like George Lucas, get your greasy fingers off this movie, okay? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPod, iPad, Kindle, Android, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Thank you, Audible, for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. 
At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards. For example, the $5 per month gets you into our patron zone where you get exclusive content like our upcoming reboot cast and access to our early release. At the $15 a month, you will get to participate in our monthly roundtable discussions. I was on one last night and had such a fun time. It was really, really fun. Looking forward to hearing that when that drops. And at the $25 a month, you will get associate producer credit for any podcast in the network. We would like to take this moment to thank our current Patreon associate producer, Michael Huter. Thank you so much for supporting Earl Grey. Another way to help out the network and get cool stuff is to visit Redbubble at redbubble.com slash shop slash Trek FM, you can find amazing designs for shirts, pillows, phone cases, and more. And with each purchase, a portion of the sales go to Trek FM. Connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called the Babel Conference, found through the Facebook search field, B-A-B-E-L, you can search that, or like the facebook.com slash Trek FM page for show updates and announcement. The network is also on Twitter at Trek FM. If you would like to contact Lee, Richard, or me, Amy, visit trek.fm slash contact to send us a subspace message or find us on social media. So, Richard, where can people find you? They could find me in the Babel Conference, where I pop in here and there, and also on Twitter, I am at Ransom. Lee? You can find me on Twitter at Lee underscore Nostromo. You can find me at Star Trek VHS showing Star Trek VHS artwork. And I've got a wee little partnership going on with Trekcore at the moment where you can find a lot of my collection showing up there. You can find me on the Filibuster podcast talking about nerd and geek culture. And you can find me on the Glasgow's Green podcast talking about Celtic Football Club. And what about yourself, Amy? Where can people find you and your Troy fan love? They can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, but most of the time is on the Babel Conference. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Great joy and gratitude. Today is a good day to die. Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. <laughs>